Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Otherwise, they'll warn the rest. Then turn off their air supplies and collapse their suits. One thing was in their favor. The spacesuits worn by the Connies were almost the same as theirs. The controls were of the same kind. The only way to know a Connie was by his bubble, which was a little more tubular than the round bubbles of the Federation. Rip suddenly realized that he wasn't nervous anymore. He grinned, licking his lips. After all, this was what he had been trained for. The Connies came abreast and passed. "'Let's go,' Rip said and as he rose he heard Koa's voice. The sergeant-major said, "'Kemp, kneel on their right side. Trudeau and I will hit them from the left and tumble them over you. Get their communicators first. Koa had methods of his own, apparently, and they sounded good. Rip started slowly. He wanted to get directly behind the Connies. He stayed down low until he was sure they couldn't see him unless they turned. Doust and Domenico were right with him. "'Come on,' he said, and started gliding after the helmeted figures. He kept his eyes on the one he had selected, and he called on all the myriad stars of space to give him luck. If the men turned, his plan for quick victory would fail. He sensed his planeteers beside him as the figures loomed ahead. He gave a final spring that sent him through space with knees bent and outthrust, his hands reaching. His knees connected solidly with the Connie's thighs, and his hands groped around the bulky spacesuit. He felt a rheostat control and twisted savagely, then groped for the distinctive star-shaped button of the air supply. The Connie wrenched violently and threw them both upward. Rip felt the star shape and twisted. If he could only deflate the Connie's suit! But the man was writhing from his grip, clawing for a weapon. Rip stopped reaching for the deflation valve. He grabbed for his knife, jerked it free, and thrust it against the middle of the Connie's back. Then he clanged his bubble against the man's helmet for direct communication and shouted, "'Grab some space, or I'll let Vac into you!' The Connie understood English. Most earthlings did. But even better was his understanding of the pressure on his back. He stopped struggling, and his arm shot starward. Rib breathed freely for the first time since he had leapt, and his exultation grew in him. He had his first man. His first hand-to-hand -hand fight had ended in victory so easy that he could hardly believe it. He took time to look around him and saw that he was a good five feet above the asteroid. Below him a Connie belt-light sent its shaft parallel with the ground, and he knew the second man was down. The question was, had either of them shouted before their communicators were cut off? Doust, he called urgently. All okay? No, Doust said grimly. We got the Connie, but he got Domenico. Cut his leg with a space knife. I'm putting a patch on it. You okay? Yes. When you can, pull me down. Right. Domenico spoke up. Don't worry about me, sir. Nothing a bad. 
I don't lose much air. Fine, Domenico. Glad it wasn't worse. But Rip knew it wasn't good, either. A cut with a space-knife let air out of the suit and created at least a partial vacuum. If it also cut flesh, the vacuum let the blood pressure force out blood and tissue to turn a minor wound into an ugly one. They would have to bring this space-flap with the Connies to a quick end, Rip thought. He had to get his men into air, somehow, to take a look at their wounds. Bradshaw needed attention, and now so did Dominico. Doust reached up, took Rip's ankle, and pulled him down. Rip held on to his captive. Then the private bound the Connie's hands, jerked his communicator control completely off, and turned his air back on. Since Rip had been unable to collapse the suit, the Connie was comfortable enough. The reason for collapsing the suit was to deprive the enemy of air instantly, so that he could be tied up while helpless from lack of oxygen. There was enough air in the suit to last for a few minutes. The Connie on the ground was neatly trussed. Rip's prisoner joined him. Doust switched off his belt light. "'Now what, sir?' Dominico was standing patiently nearby. He said nothing. Rip knew that no more could be done for the Italian at present. "'Get back to the cave, Dominico,' he ordered. "'I canna stay with you, sir.' "'No, Dominico. Thanks for the offer, but we'll get along. Go back to the cave.' "'Yes, sir.' Rip was a little worried. He had heard nothing from Koa since that first exchange. He told Doust as much. Koa himself heard and answered. "'Lieutenant, we're all right. We got two Connies, and I don't think they had a chance to yell. But I'm sorry about one, sir. Kemp had to swing at him and busted his bubble.' "'Fatal?' "'No, we got a patch on in time, but worse than Bradshaw.' "'Tough.' Rip couldn't feel too sympathetic. After all, it was the Connie Cruiser's fault Bradshaw had felt high back. All right, we have four. That leaves nine. Santos came on the circuit. Sir, this is Santos. Only three men are at the snapper boats. If you can get here without being seen, maybe we could knock them off. The rest wouldn't be much good if we had their boats. You're right, Santos, Rip replied instantly. Why hadn't he seen that for himself? He knew how he and Doust could approach the craters without being spotted, now that they had removed two teams of Connies. "'We're on our way. Koa, make it if you can.' "'Yes, sir.' Dominico was already making his way back to the cave. Rip and Doust started for the horizon at a good walk, not afraid now to use their lights, at least for a few yards. If any of the remaining Connie search team saw the lights, they would think it was two of their own men. Rip remembered the lay of the ground and Santos's description of the snapper boat's position. He circled almost to the horizon, then told Dows to cut his light. He cut his own. In a moment they topped the horizon, and standing with only helmets visible from the snapper boats, looked the situation over. The three Connies were standing between him and the boats. To the left of the boats was the second crater. Rip studied the ground as best he could in the Connie belt lights and decided on a plan of action. Calling to Doust, he circled again. Presently they were approaching the crater. The Connies were about twenty-five yards from the crater's opposite rim. Rip said, "'I hate to do this, Doust, 
but I can't see any way out. We have to go into the crater." Doust merely said, "'Yes, sir.' The extra radiation might put both of them well over the safety limits long before Earth was reached, and they both knew it. Rip didn't hesitate. He reached the crater's edge and walked right down into it. They were out of sight of the Connies now. Rip walked up the other side of the crater until his bubble was just below ground level. The chunks of thorium he had ordered thrown in to block some of the radiation made walking a little difficult. "'Santos,' he said, "'we're in the second crater.' "'Sir, I'm beyond the first, between two crystals. Peterson is near you somewhere.' "'Good. When I give the word, turn up your helmet light until they can see a pretty good glow. Keep watching them.' The bubbles were equipped with lights, but they were seldom used. He outlined his plan swiftly. Both Santos and Doust acknowledged. Koa reported in. "'We're after two more Connies near the wreck of the landing-boat, sir.' "'Be careful. Peterson, go help Koa. Nunez, how are things at the cave?' "'Nunez reporting, sir. Two Connies in sight, but they haven't seen us yet.' "'Let me know when they spot the cave.' "'Yes, sir.' "'Santos, go ahead.' For long moments there was silence. Rip felt for a solid foothold, found one, and flexed his knees. He kept his back straight and his eyes on the crater rim. His hands were occupied with two air bottles taken from his belt, and his thumbs were on their valve releases. He waited patiently for word from Santos that his helmet glow had been seen. Santos yelled, Now! Rip's legs straightened with a mighty thrust. He flashed into space headfirst at an angle that took him over the crater's rim and fifty feet above the ground. He caught a glimpse of Santos's helmet glowing like a pink balloon, and of the three Connies facing it, one with gun upraised. Rip's arms flashed above his head. His thumbs compressed. Air spurted from the two bottles, driving him downward, feet first, directly at the heads of the Connies. End of chapter 9「With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.